Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. It is 6.30 on this rainy and stormy Wednesday morning. If you hear a little thunder behind me, uh, please forgive me. It's just uh, uh, pretty wicked outside right now. Uh, I, I do love it, though. I love a good thunderstorm. Anyway, that's not why you guys are here to talk about the weather uh, right now, I am still kind of waiting for some uh, some news on the portal front for Ole Miss. Uh, we'll talk about later uh, B.J. Green possibly uh, visiting Colorado. Not possibly visiting Colorado. It's, uh, it's happening. He is going to visit Colorado. But you've got the pair of Washington guards that are uh, e- either leaving yesterday or sometime today that visited Ole Miss. And uh, I'm waiting for some news on that. We have not gotten it yet. So in the meantime, we're going to uh, just get to the live chat because uh, nothing has happened yet. And I owe you guys a uh, a new addition. So uh, we'll get to that. Also, of course, there's basketball tonight. Uh, I will give you a post-game recap. It is a very, 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 very important game for Ole Miss tonight in the pavilion uh, I think the team has earned a big crowd. The, the students are all back. I hope they get it. I know the weather and stuff around town has been uh, kind of funky, but um, they deserve a big crowd tonight. I think they're going to get it. Uh, definitely um, an important game if they want to stay on the right side of the bubble, which they are barely hanging on to the correct side of the bubble right now, according to Joe Lenardi. Uh, they are uh, among the last four teams in at the moment. If they are able uh, to win tonight and stay on the right side of the bubble, that will be absolutely huge. So we will see uh, if they're able to do that. We will talk about that game when it's over. Vital tonight against a uh, really struggling Arkansas team. Ole Miss has been much better at home. So be on the lookout for that post-game recap tonight. Also, uh, if we get some movement today from those aforementioned portal players, uh, we will talk about that as well on tonight's uh, edition of the podcast. But in the meantime, uh, let's get to the live chat. But first, I want to remind you, please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcast, if you're listening to this on the website, search Rebel Report wherever you get them. Subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website. If you're in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers to mail machines, cloud storage, data security, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your Mississippi business needs it, check them out online, absms.com. That is the website. Um, And tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in Mississippi. So there's likely one in your backyard like there's one in my backyard. They make you their priority with local loan servicing and decision-making, so it's somebody that you'll sit down with face-to-face as opposed to on Zoom or on the phone with somebody out of the state. It's somebody you'll build a relationship with because Priority One Bank makes you their priority bank with me at Priority One Bank. Okay, here it is now. It's the the, the Tuesday live chat. Talked Harbaugh, 
talked what happens if Harbaugh leaves. Got into some other Ole Miss-related stuff. Got a couple baseball questions in there uh, as well. Talked uh, a little bit of portal recruiting and more. So hope you guys enjoy it. I'll see you again tonight after the basketball game. We'll recap uh, what is a very important game for Ole Miss and uh, looking forward to seeing you then. You guys have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the game, and I'll talk to you when it's over. But here is the Tuesday live chat. Jim Harbaugh had his uh, second interview in Los Angeles today, and most people that cover the NFL uh, believe that he is going to get that job. I mean, the reporting is going so far to say that um, they are within striking distance of uh, having a deal done. Jonathan Jones, uh, who I really like, by the way, if you like the NFL, he's a he's a good uh, follow at jjones9 on uh, on Twitter. Uh, said that Harbaugh is meeting in L.A. today with the Chargers. This was a few hours ago. He's been the leading candidate there for some time. Should he make the jump back to the NFL, I would expect Michigan, D.C. Jesse Minter to join him. So that is an NFL insider for CBS, by the way, that is already talking about the defensive coordinator that Harbaugh will have with him should he take the Chargers job. It certainly appears likely that he is going to make that jump to the NFL, most likely being the Chargers. If uh, for whatever reason you're watching this and something has changed in that regard, just fast forward to the end and then I'll see you next time. But for now, it seems like that is going uh, to be the case. And so what will that do to college football? Because you saw the ripple effects that Saban's retirement put into the sport. Saban left Alabama. Washington's coach goes to Alabama. Arizona's coach goes to Washington. San Jose State's coach goes to Arizona. Kenny Amatololo goes to San Jose State. That is the order of progression that that happened in. And of course, excuse me, uh, of course, then you also have the transfer portal movement. Anytime your coach leaves, you have a 30-day window to go wherever you want. So what will happen at Michigan? Everything that I looked up today, because I was kind of looking into this, um, everybody that covers Michigan seems to think that it is a very, very simple Harbaugh leaves, this guy assumes the job, but it's Sharon Moore. You guys uh, have seen him already. He was the one. Uh, he's a young guy, too. He's 37. He's not much older than me. He's only six years older than me. Um, but but he is the guy that took over for Harbaugh when he got suspended for the sign-stealing scandal, and uh, and he went to Ohio State and won. He beat Penn State. He's been at Michigan for uh, a while. He very much understands the culture there. They're very big on the Michigan man thing. He's very good at his job on top of it all. He's extremely good at his job. He's been the OC and the co-OC at Michigan, and and he's really good. He's just simply really good at what he does. That was what I've always assumed was going to happen. It makes sense for for multiple reasons. One, he's not your typical promoting from within kind of guy, right? Because he's been, although it was just on game day, you know he he's been the head coach of your team already, and it went really really well. Um, and he's very good at his job. So he's a little bit different in, in that regard because he's actually been the head coach for at least a very small period of time there, and it did uh, go well. But also in this era, keeping a roster intact is different than it has been in years past because there's that dilemma. Do you hire 
the right coach or do you hire a coach that will more likely keep your roster together? And it's it's a more of a muddy conversation than it used to be because your players can all hit the portal. Look at Alabama. My gosh, we're talking about Alabama here. Their coach leaves and all of their good players, almost all of their good players, uh, hit the portal. At least that's what it feels like. Now, the, what what is left behind is still very good. What will be left behind at Michigan is still going to be very good. But you guys saw that at Alabama, and that's something that you've got to be conscious of now is can you make a good hire that will also keep the roster intact? And if Michigan promotes more, you would assume that they would far more likely keep the roster intact than if they were to go outside, especially with the timing being what it is right now. Everything that I found from the Michigan perspective has only talked about that. I mean, that seems like that's the only possible outcome there, but there's this nonstop conversation about Brian Kelly. And people keep talking about Brian Kelly. Uh, well, that well, when Harbaugh leaves, Kelly's going to go. I mean, I've uh, I've been included in a group message where they're talking as if it's like a formality that you know, they're they're going to get this guy or or whatever from Michigan when Brian Kelly gets the job or from LSU when Brian Kelly leaves LSU. Um Dennis Dodd even wrote about that today. And to me, that doesn't make any sense. It makes sense why Brian Kelly would want that job, quite frankly. He's won 20 games in two years at LSU, and the fans are dissatisfied. Now, he's got a massive contract, so they can go shove it where the sun don't shine if they want to. Uh, but still, I mean, they're already dissatisfied. Um, it's clearly not a fit. At least I don't think it's a fit. Now, again, he's won 20 games in two years. It's very good. But not at LSU, it's not. You know, uh, they are seemingly not stepping up the way that they think that they should be. The portal additions on defense are really kind of non-existent. Now, they've made really good staff hires on that side of the ball, so that's uh, worth noting. But um, they're coming off of a three-loss season where all of their best offensive players, which is the only thing that carried that team that year, are all gone. So there's some discomfort there. At least there should be. If there's not, there should be. And so him wanting to go to Michigan would make sense to me. You reset your clock, and it probably fits there better. But if you're Michigan, I don't know what, frankly, I, I, I'm not quite sure what the infatuation uh, would be with Brian Kelly. He's, um, I know he's a good coach, but he's wildly unlikable. Um, you would almost assuredly lose a lot of players. And there's no guarantee that you'd continue winning at this high level. Now, there's no guarantee that you continue winning at this level uh, with Sharon Moore either. Of course not. Brian Kelly's an experienced head coach. Moore is not. So there are things in Kelly's favor, I suppose. But, I mean, you've got years of sample size at two of the biggest programs in college football where they've been good, won some games, been competitive, recruited well. But once they get there... They just get there, and they don't break through that ceiling. He is the epitome of good, but not great. And if I'm Michigan, do I really risk losing my roster for Brian Kelly when I've got somebody that has an incredibly high upside, now there's more risk, but has an incredibly high upside that would keep this kind of momentum going. It's an interesting situation. I'm just not sold on Brian Kelly myself, and so maybe that clouds my opinion here. Um, I, I would be 
truly surprised if Michigan does anything other than what um, everybody's talking about, which is just promoting from within and, and continue to move forward. But if they don't, if Michigan does not, it creates a another one of these cycles, which we are almost to February, and um, I guess it's never going to stop. So interesting problem could be developing here uh, when Harbaugh leaves if Michigan does not promote from within. But it certainly seems like that's where they're going. If I were them, I don't know why Brian Kelly would be my guy. Um, I would go to... Lance Leipold first or Chris Kleiman first before I would go to Brian Kelly. But that's just me. I mean, what do I know? So anyway, we'll get to your chat for the next few minutes. And then I've got a second half of a basketball game that I have got to watch. Um, Oh, wow. Now that I'm talking about this. Oh, my gosh. I missed this earlier today. Here's uh, from OutKick. The Jim Harbaugh and Los Angeles Chargers marriage is at the stage where the wedding has already begun. The sides have already discussed and agreed in principle to basic salary demands. So, yeah, we'll see what Michigan does. Do they create the cycle or not? That is something very um, that, that we should be watching very, very closely. So, here we go. Kobe says, ready for baseball? Yeah, man. It's uh, coming soon. Coming very soon. But don't give up on basketball yet. Two very important games uh, for, for Ole Miss and Mississippi State coming up tomorrow. I am very interested and excited to see um, what what happens tomorrow night. But anyway. Why have you seen people say Brian Kelly might get the call to replace Harbaugh when he leaves? I, I don't know. I mean, enough people are talking about it. I, I used to just chalk it up to, uh, you know, LSU media just kind of having wishful thinking, kind of hoping that they can reset this thing because I think they see what I see and that, you know, they're, that there's it just feels off, especially in this era where you should be winning faster. It just feels off. But – I haven't seen, and I could be, Matthew, I could be just not looking in the right places. I just haven't seen anybody from from Michigan talking about that. Is Alabama going to have a down year for them? Yeah. For them, yeah. They're still going to be quite good. I mean, DeBoer's a really good coach. People just keep, and Auburn fans are doing it too. We had Brian Brown on the radio show today, and he was like, Auburn fans are calling him Harson 2.0. It's like, hey, you people are nuts. Um, He's going to be good. For them, I think that year one, especially with what they lost in the portal and how difficult the uh, the spring window is, year one is not going to be the Saban standard at Alabama. Year two, though, I think, I mean, they're still going to be good this year. The, the roster is good enough to win games. I just think they're going to be human. That's the difference. They're going to be human. You'd be worried about Lane going to LSU. That might be the only job left you'd be worried about. I, I hear you on that. And I've, you know, because of of this conversation firing up, that's where everybody points. That's just the first direction that they go. But uh, I would like to see Michigan not promote from within before we start talking about that, if uh, if you catch my drift. Harbaugh's been leaving for a long time. Michigan already knows who the replacement is. I agree there. I think that, I mean, one plus one, I I say this all the time, one plus one equals two. And um, especially when, all of the Harbaugh news is linking his defensive coordinator to the job, but has no mention 
whatsoever in any way of his offensive coordinator. I think there's a reason why. So some things are obvious. So, by the way, South Carolina beat Kentucky tonight, storming the court. What a scene. What a scene. Ohio State is stacked. Absolutely. Best roster in the country going into this season. 100%. Absolutely. And yes, better than Georgia. Ohio State has got a similar phenomenon uh, to Ole Miss in that they are returning a bunch of guys that that could have gone to the NFL. But thanks to the NIL era, they're sticking around, especially on defense. That defense is going to be quite good. Uh, But they're really good at receiver. I think they upgraded at quarterback. Um, they're going to be really good at running back with uh, Travion Henderson returning and then Judkins spelling him. And uh, yeah, Ohio State, I think, has the best roster, complete roster in college football. Do they allow chicken farms in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah, Harbaugh eats chicken now. So so he's good. I remember, uh, I remember when he used to call that a scared bird, and he, he's changed his mind on that. Jim Harbaugh actually now um, now eats chicken, so good for him. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you do not want Brian Kelly to be Michigan's head coach. Might get it, might might make that weird. But again, I, I just I don't, you know, we're we're not going to go down that road until Michigan makes it clear that Sharon Moore's not getting the job. Will Ole Miss be in the preseason top five next year? Let's see. So Ohio State will definitely be in the top five. Um, Oregon will. Georgia will. Those three definitely will. I think Texas will. So, yes, I think what it will be. Ohio State one, Georgia two, Oregon three, possibly even. Um, Texas three, Oregon four. Who else could be there? Um, won't be, I, I don't think it will be Alabama. I, I, I clearly don't think it will be LSU. Won't be Oklahoma. Won't be Florida State. Um, won't be Clemson. Maybe they do start at five. I don't think they will be ahead of those four, though. So I think the high, the the best that they will get, I think, is five because Ohio State, Georgia, Texas, and Oregon will all be in front of them, I believe. What about Deion Smith? That's a good question. Uh, it sounds like there's some optimism that he can find his way to campus, but we we will have to see. That's why I keep anytime somebody has brought that up, I, I have always responded with. Be grateful that you got Juice Wells because you're not having to depend on him being there. You, you've you got a, a one, two, three punch at wide receiver. That's really quite good. And so while Deion Smith would be very, very helpful for that offense, it's not a make or break. So if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, will Michigan players and transfer commits have a window? Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Now, theirs will be a little bit more complicated because uh, classes have started at most places. But since Ole Miss, for example, is so late, Mississippi's not exactly early. Mississippi State's not exactly early either, but they've already started uh, a week ago. But because Ole Miss starts class so late, there I think they're the latest school in the country, uh, if not one of them anyway, uh, they, they will be able to go attack Michigan's roster. But the timing will help Michigan some because school will have started at most places. Yeah. How good would the two Washington offensive linemen be for Ole Miss, at least on paper? Um, you, you have at least one guaranteed starter out of that pair, but they, they desperately need that. Desperately. 
Um, apparently, there's a, a line of thinking from from some uh, media that covers Ole Miss that uh, those guys are not necessary, and I could not disagree uh, with that more. Uh, if Look, if you want to win the Music City Bowl, then fine. Ole Miss does not need to add on the interior of the offensive line. But if you think that this is something that they can do, or if you think they're crazy for having this mindset, uh, Lane Kiffin and that coaching staff and that team think that they can compete for a national championship. If they're going to compete for a national championship like they think they are, they have to add on the interior of the offensive line. They are not good enough there to win at that level. They have got to add there. And so thinking that those guys are not necessary or they're not needed, uh, I, I think is just dead wrong. I think it's completely wrong. They're not needed if you're talking about just win eight games and go to the Music City Bowl. They're needed if it's line up and go to Baton Rouge and win and then beat Oklahoma and Georgia at home. The, the, you You need those guys. Two starters from what was voted the best offensive line in college football are guys that you need. And if you add those two, paired with uh, Jaquan Scott from Southern Miss, who's going to really help them, I think, um, you have got an, an offensive line that you can win at that level with, with with Pounds and Pettis and Williams, and then those two guys and, and Scott, and then the, the depth that you have returning to that offense then you, you've got something. W- without adding on the interior, you're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be good enough on the offensive line. Now, you can scheme around it, but still won't be good enough. Well, Miss Baseball is going to have the talented players. They will. They, they portaled well. They, they did portal well. Live from the Hub Club, a much better shooting night, up 77-59 at the half. Wait, you're at the game right now watching this? Yeah, dude. So so I know the crowd wasn't as good as uh, as it is the other night, but what did that place feel like when Zion did the one-handed archback alley-oop where he could have like hit his neck on the rim? He jumped so high. That was incredible. Yeah, that um th- th- that team can shoot. Well, they have shown the ability to shoot when it's not a like primetime game that everybody's focused on like Tuesday night against Utah they shoot the lights out Friday night against Denver it's like they turn into a high school team but yeah I'm loving it I've got uh I had the radio broadcast on I like listening to Todd I think he's he's good and I, I love his energy he's very much a um, a homer radio guy that I, I love I love his style he, he he works for the team be a part of the team I love him um and I've got I've got the stream up now, too. How do I think Mississippi State baseball will do? Uh, Full transparency, I think they will do enough to uh, be looking for a new coach when the season is uh, is over. I do not have high expectations for Mississippi State baseball Uh, for for a lot of reasons. Uh, I I think that, uh, one, there's some talent there, especially in the lineup, but it's not enough. Um, I don't think they portaled well at all, and I have no idea who the hell is going to pitch for them. I mean, uh, how many high-level arms do they have? How are you going to get through SEC weekends um, with with so few? So I'm I'm not particularly high on them. They're going to have to prove it. Uh, both, frankly, both teams in Mississippi are going to have to prove it. Ole Miss did add good pieces in the portal where State did not, um, at least at that volume, but. 
I'm not going to sit here and, and and talk about how great the team is until conference play. I'm, I'm not going to watch a series against a nobody and come here with you guys and, and talk about how great they looked. I'm not going to do that. I need to see it first. Uh, but before we do anything other than talk about those games in the context in which they are in, and not that you expect anything different from me, nor should you, but I think that if if you have some early winning, especially with State, because their schedule is so weak, it is very weak. And so uh, we're not going to sit here and talk about how great they look when they're playing terrible teams. Um, th- they will receive no benefit of the doubt uh, until they prove it. So I know that's harsh, but it's how it has to be. As far as Rebel basketball goes, it feels like the issue right now starts with the two bigs. Is that wrong to start the blame there? Um, yes and no. No, because they rebound. I mean, rebounding is awful. And when your seven footer and your seven foot five guy uh, routinely uh, cannot come down with rebounds, and I know rebounding is not all about height, but still, like they're poor rebounders and they don't really give you anything on the offensive end. Uh, so rebounding is a, is a bad, is- a really bad issue for them. But offensively on the road, I- I've uh, really, I've wondered how Chris Beard just hasn't gotten so frustrated. Uh, at, at times with the isolation stuff that they have they've fallen into, um, especially with guys like Flanagan and Brakefield who are not good enough at face-up dribbling and beating guys off the dribble to do that consistently. Um, just sloppy, bad possessions, bad turnovers, bad offense. And so when Morrell and Murray are taking fewer shots than Flanagan and Brakefield, you've got a problem. Um, they've got to start creating for Murray. They've got to start creating for Morrell, especially on the road. So they're just, they, they've been pressing and really sloppy on the road. They've got to, they've just got to play cleaner and they can actually be in some of these road games. But anyway, like the show from pedal. Appreciate you, James. Glad you're here, man. You do think if Jim announced earlier in the season that he was gone, they would have done an actual national search this late. You don't think it's anyone other than more. I tend to agree. Connor, I have no idea. I have no idea who the next wide receiver or tight ends coach uh, at Ole Miss will be. I have resigned from trying to predict what Kiffin's going to do with staff hires uh, because he so often um, is able to pull them out of left field. And so as a result, I, I just I, – I wish I could tell you more. I, I, I would love to pretend like I knew. I don't know. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know who it's going to be. Brian Kelly's dance moves on recruiting visits should blacklist him from any notable coaching jobs. BJ Green is now on a visit to Colorado. Yeah, look, so that's um that that's that's unfortunate for Ole Miss that they were not able to uh lock him down before he left. That that's uh that's really unfortunate. So they they've got to hope that the Colorado visit doesn't go well or or, or whatever the case may be, because uh they need the depth on the defensive line. And, uh, and he would be a big pickup. So they, they need to find a way to make sure that Colorado was not as memorable as his visit to Ole Miss. They've got to hope that Colorado doesn't have the, uh, you know, the the money, the salary offer that uh, that they have, et cetera, et cetera. So is Brian Kelly a Jimmy Sexton client? That I don't know. That uh, I do not know. South Carolina is a legitimate opponent now after their performance tonight against Kentucky. Absolutely. Yes, they're a legitimate tournament contender. 
They've done a really nice job this year. They went from good story to legitimate rather quickly. Oh, Chris, you're going to get me in trouble. Let's say, he says, Brian Kelly goes to Michigan. Who is LSU's ceiling for the next head coach, in my opinion? Lane Kiffin is the ceiling. Um, and just, you know, if he leaves, prepare yourself uh, for for him being linked to that job because that's what everybody's going to do. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Lane Kiffin's a, a high-level coach. That's the thing. It's, um, you know, I, I, had a, I had a state fan on the text line the other day, talk about how, well, we're just Ole Miss homers because we never criticize Lane Kiffin or Ole Miss. And my my response is, what do you want to criticize? What is there? Please, please present me something that I can be negative about with Ole Miss. Please, I mean, like, what what is going wrong there right now? Please tell me. Um, they're they're handling everything really really well, and, and we talked about Judkins at length and, and how he's a big loss. So you can't say that because we talked about that. Um, he's a quality player, and he's not there anymore. That's a loss. But because of how they do in the portal, they mitigate those losses very well. That is not an opinion. It's it's quite a objective fact. So so help me. What am I supposed to criticize? Kiffin's doing a phenomenal job. He would be their ceiling. Would he go there? It's not worth discussing right now. 12-team playoff, anything can happen, is going to produce a Georgia versus Ohio State national title. Sorry, parody people. But, Curtis, but you could have, and I see you've got a Jackson Dart avatar, but despite that, you could have Clemson in Vaught-Hemingway in the playoffs. Now, you can't tell me that would not be the biggest day in athletics on that campus, ever. Clemson, in Vaught-Hemingway, in the playoffs, regardless if it ends up being Georgia Ohio versus Ohio State in the national championship, that scene and, and what that would do to the program and what that would do to, to you, the Ole Miss fan, doesn't matter how it ends. Being involved in that would be school-changing. You've heard Dan will be at Ole Miss, just a matter of when. We've been hearing that for quite some time. Well, Rogers is withdrawing from the portal. Interesting. So Jed Fish was able to keep him around. That is um, good for Will. Uh, good for Will. I'm um, I'm happy for him. I, I hope that works. I, I hope that works. He's uh, he's a good kid. He's not a kid anymore. He's an adult man drawing a salary. So. Um, Anyway, I'm seeing that now. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. Really happy for him. So, Diego Pounds kind of reminds you of a Greg Little or maybe Tunsil. Uh, Tunsil is elite at everything when it, when it comes to the offensive line. Though, it, it, James, and I know you're not doing this, and and I hope you know uh, where I'm coming from with this. I just Tunsil comparing anybody uh, to Tunsil is is not fair. To uh, to the kid, and I know you said maybe, and, and trust me, I'm I'm not like coming at you or anything. I hope you you know where I'm coming from here, but I don't think it's fair to Diego Pounds to to mention him in the same you know listing there. But he's a high level pass blocker, and and will help with them right away, right away. So with that giant quarterback uh, from Washington going to Alabama, you'd stay too probably. 
Will Tennessee be good and obnoxious again in baseball this year? Uh, will the sun rise in the morning? My Pelican shirt is sick. Yeah, don't you love it? Flock around and find out. Flock around and find out. I love it. Uh, you know what I do love, Matthew, is how they are going all in on the City Edition stuff. I really hope that they are realizing that the color scheme moving forward needs to be that. I love that. It is unique to them. It is very New Orleans. The the black skeleton logo, the the, the what are they calling it? A skeleton? Love that. But the the word marks and the the lime green accents and the black, that's what they need to be moving forward. Red, white, and blue, I know it's the city flag. Cool. Very cool. It's the American flag. I love the American flag. But they need to change their color scheme. Black and that lime green is perfect. It's perfect. State starts the baseball season with LSU, Florida, and Texas A&M. Jeez. Jeez. I mean, I knew it was bad, but. You say rumor is uh, Joe Cox will be going to Ole Miss. I will take your word for it. I have no idea. We criticized him plenty about his Auburn fiasco in November of 2022 because it was deserved. But what what can you do right now? Great bumper music on the radio show, by the way. Yeah, man. I, I what I have to do, Steve, is I need to to start loading more. So we we have a library of songs, and uh, I, I think that it, it just needs a little refreshing. Not that I'm going to go away from what's working because it's working and people love it, but I need to add to that genre. I need to add to it. Agreed on that. The scope of uh, the Ole Miss job in the SEC landscape paired with the history, there isn't much tangible to really complain about overall with the job that he has done. No, and then also with what the university has done as well. They're matching that energy. They're they're seizing an opportunity. They've got Lane Kiffin, and and he's winning, and he's interesting, and and they have galvanized a fan base around the concept of, of NIL and You've got a chancellor at the school that is fully, fully supportive of athletics. I mean, just what do you need? Okay, here it is kind of support. I mean, a, a guy that really understands how important athletics are to the success of his university, and that's a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, everything is working really well there right now. And and they've got – I mean, obviously they have to keep that up, but for now, uh, Ole Miss football is, is seizing – on their opportunity that this new era has given them. And, and you can only you can only praise that. There, there's really not there's there's no other way around that. Unless you want to make stuff up and talk about taking out loans and stuff, sure. So then then go for that. Why why not? But um anyway. How rowdy would Vaught Hemingway be during the first round playoff game? It would be unlike anything you've ever seen. It would be unlike anything that you've ever seen. Most underrated, ooh, most underrated restaurant in New Orleans. So I've got my list here. Most underrated. That's a difficult question because every place I've been is like 
on point. I'll give you most overrated mothers. Don't go to mothers. It's a tourist trap. It's, it's so bad. And people wait in line at that place for uh, forever. And it's so bad. Um, underrated. There's a place. It's a French restaurant called N7. Here, I'm going to pull up some pictures for you. Um, I absolutely love this place. Um, and it's in it's in Bywater. So it's kind of off, you know, the tourist part a little bit. Let me show you some pictures. Yeah, I found it. I haven't done this in quite some time. Let's share screen here. There we go. So you can see this, right? At least I think you can. Um, what do you see exactly? Okay, you see the Google tab. This is a place called N7. And I, I just, it's stunning on the inside. I mean, you see this this tiny little place. And here I'll, and that's the outside. I mean, just very unassuming, very small, but man, um, excellent. J- just an excellent place. So next time you're down there, and you know, it's nice. But when you're down there, um, give that a look because it is it's it's outstanding. And I don't hear many people talking about it, but um, just a really quaint, nice, um, really nice place. So there you go. You wish they would bring back the Seattle Supersonics, your favorite team growing up. Well, remember, they uh, they renovated the arena there. Isn't that going to happen? Because uh, Vegas is getting a team, right? The NBA is expanding. So I think Vegas is getting a team. And isn't Seattle getting the Sonics back? I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but I think they might be. Almost has their likeliest one-and-done candidate in John Bowl. If they can keep him. Sounds like, I mean, it, th- there's no reason to think that they can't. Sounds like they're in. Kate's in New Orleans is great. I love... Um, I love a good here's New Orleans food recommendations conversation because this is my list. I mean, you see how long that is, right? That's like my, this is my list of places to go when I'm down there. So I don't forget names or anything. I mean, there's like 25 names on here and we can have an entire conversation about restaurants in New Orleans and everything you guys will say will not be on here. I mean, I've got the obvious ones. Like I've got like Giacomo's and um, Coach On, which I go to all the time, Commanders. So those places are on there. But you guys will give me recommendations of places that I've never been or heard of before because that's how diverse the uh, options in that city are. That's why I love it so much. And I, like That's why I love the teams. I'm not from there. I adopted them. And um, yeah. So I'm I'm going down to a game by myself next month because I just I haven't been in, in in some time, so I need to go. Live stream always start at eight. Yep, yep. They used to be seven thirty, but uh, bedtime has been pushed back because uh, we're getting older and it depresses me. Uh, so yeah, eight o'clock is the new start time. So most overrated thing about New Orleans, if there is one, oh, there's a lot of things. Uh, I think Bourbon Street's disgusting. Uh, I hate it. Uh, I, I never want to go back. Um, yeah, I, I, there is so much more to that place than than Bourbon Street. Um, so, yeah, that's it. So much more to it than that. See, here's another one. Miss Peros. I have no idea what that is. Never heard of it before. Let's see. 
Let's look at these images. Wow. Got to add it to my list. Wow, that muffaletta looks great. Just going to look through food now for the rest of the night while I'm watching this uh, Pelicans game. James likes the hand grenade on Bourbon Street. Hey, man. I So, I think I know how COVID started. Uh, but it was all the way back in 2014. I was on Bourbon Street uh, for a fraternity formal. And a guy stumbled out of a bar. And he had a hand grenade that uh, he had drank it all. It was still filled with ice, but he had drank it all. And he gets down on all fours. Because remember, before they like tore up the road on Bourbon Street and repaved it, remember how there used to just be always standing water? Just There was always just water, puddles of water all over Bourbon Street all the time. He got down on all fours and took his hand grenade cup, dunked it in the water, like, like cleaning it out, like dunked it in the water and like cleaned it out with the Bourbon Street water and put it in his wife's purse, and they just moseyed on down Bourbon Street like it was no big deal. That's how COVID started. That right there. there some kind of disease started in that puddle of water when that guy dunked his hand grenade cup uh, inside of it. You were hoping Buffalo would beat Kansas City. Can't go wrong with Acme Oyster House in the quarter. One thing you'll say about the Harbaugh stuff has been largely talked about. Jesse Minter will be joining him as D.C. His rumored O.C. so far has been David Shaw. That's pretty telling about Michigan's next head coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thoughts on the Bucks firing Adrian Griffin today, sitting at second in the East. A lot of chatter about Giannis having major say in it. Yeah, I saw an article about that where uh, the team didn't like that he um, was calling into question their defensive effort and also in film studies with the Stars pointing out that you took a bad shot here when your teammate was open here. So, you know, it may work. It's worked with LeBron. LeBron has overcome recycling coaches uh, because he he doesn't like who they are. Like, it, it has worked for LeBron, but LeBron is... The, the second greatest player of all time in league history. Giannis may end up being that guy, but I just I don't think that you allow your stars to dictate who coaches them. I think that sets a bad precedent, especially when it's things like question your defensive effort and told you to share the ball with open teammates. If that's if that's really the crux of this deal, okay. And then and then you're gonna Replace him with Doc Rivers? Okay. I hope uh, there's a spot on the staff for Griffin in New Orleans. That's for sure. You lost your vehicle for five hours in New Orleans? Oh, man. You loved watching Grant Hill play as uh, as well. Who was my, my favorite player that I've ever watched in basketball? Hmm. I was late in the Jordan era. I mean, I was born in 92, so I I only got to kind of watch him at the end. So I didn't really get to, like, appreciate the Jordan era the way other people have been able to appreciate the Jordan era. Um, So that's unfortunate. Kobe was probably my favorite to watch. So 
Anyway, we kind of fell off into the weeds a little bit. Speaking of basketball, I'm going to go finish watching this uh, this game. Thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in. I appreciate you very, very much. Like the video. We'll be back Thursday. There's going to be some portal movement that happens between now and then in one way or another. So uh, looking forward to talking to you guys about that then. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.